You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 127, Rain Gutters and Toxic Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we are talking about rain gutters and mold. Yes. What's the connection? Uh, Improper grading and drainage is probably one of the most common defects we report. And obviously, part of drainage is having rain gutters. And so, I know what you're going to say, but who needs rain gutters? Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we see lots of homes that don't have rain gutters. Right. And, you know, a lot of times we'll just see a rain gutter over, like, the front door or the back door. Mm -hmm. Just a short... So rain doesn't fall on you when you come in and out of the home, but it needs to span the entire length of the house. So at all eaves, you should have rain gutters. Because if you don't, all that happens is that water runoff from the roof, whether it's snow or rain, hell, whatever moisture, it comes right off those eaves and it literally sits within six feet of your foundation. And most of the time it's within a foot or two. But our standard state that you should get any moisture at least six feet away from the foundation. So what's the problem? Okay, so let me ask you, this is a layman's question. What's the problem with water being that close to your foundation? When I think of a foundation, I'm like, it's concrete. You know, the water falls to the ground. It soaks into the dirt. Like, what's the problem? Uh, Depending on the soils or where you live, the water follows the path of least resistance. And a lot of times, so... I didn't set this standard, but the experts believe if water is within six feet, that it's just sitting there and pooling or puddling, it has the potential to make its way back to the foundation. So let's just say for gutters, it's right there within two feet. 
that water is going to make its way or just sit right there at the foundation. Once it's sitting there, where's it going to go? Either dries up, it's going to find its way through a crack. It can cause more cracking because of the heat or the, the freeze thaw effect. Does that make sense? That does make sense. My question is, if I'm thinking of a foundation like a concrete foundation, then water's not going to get through it, right? It will, because they crack. They crack. Okay. And then... All concrete, all hard surfaces are going to crack. Okay. Earth moves, so it's going to crack. And so then it gets through the crack, and then what's the problem with that? Either if you have a crawl space, then it gets into the soils in the crawl space, makes them moist. If you don't have a vapor barrier, then you... Elevate the humidity, and then there's a mold concern in the floor joist. Okay, so you just explain So if it's a basement, it can come into, let's just say it's a finished basement. It, it can come down that wall mm-hmm. that's sheetrocked, cause a mold problem that you can't see at the base of the wall. Yep. You've seen that when we do our flood cuts on mold mitigation. Mm-hmm. Or it can actually get underneath the carpet pad and, and cause mold concerns, and you never see it. So, essentially, the whole thing about keeping water six feet away from the foundation is to prevent water from getting to the foundation through the cracks. Moisture intrusion. Which then leads to higher levels of humidity and then mold. Yep, exactly. It's At the end of the day, it's a moisture intrusion concern. Okay. It's no different than why shouldn't you speed? Well, yeah. Because if you get in a car wreck, it's going to be really bad. Exactly. Exactly. So at the end of the day, the rain gutters help to keep that six feet away from the foundation thing. Right. And But once again, you have to have the proper rain gutter set up. The rain gutter's got to slope properly to the downspouts, comes to the downspout, then you need an extension, which is six feet, and then you have to have a splash block so you get the water away from the house. And are rain gutters something that a homeowner could do on their own and install on their own? Or would you say no? (laughs) Yeah, you could. I mean, um, you can go to a hardware store and you can buy all the stuff. Um, Can you just watch YouTube videos and install it yourself? Of course. You can do mitigation, mold mitigation from a YouTube (laughs) video. But you could do it. And and honestly, it's not that difficult. But the reason I would hire a professional is, is they have a machine. That literally, they have a roll of tin that's huge, like rolls of plastic, and it goes through this die or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a rain gutter guy. But it, it literally poops out seamless rain gutters. So they come and they measure and they go, okay, from this corner of your house to that corner of your house is 60 feet. Mm-hmm. And they can poop out a 60-foot piece of rain gutter that doesn't have seams in it. Wow. If you go to your hardware store, you can't buy that. Exactly. So okay. does that make sense? That does make They're sense. They're seamless gutters. And that, okay. that's why I would hire a professional. They know what they're doing. It's no different than what I do. I know what I'm doing. You're an expert in what you do. Just pay somebody to do it. It's not. And just to make sure it's done right. Exactly. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, what about other components such as, you know, like screens or heat tape, downspout, as you just mentioned, the whole downspout extensions? So, first and foremost, we see it all the time. No matter what we're watching, we see rain gutter screen stuff, whether it's a local company. Um, like LeafGuard? Is that? Yeah. The, okay, LeafGuard. Yeah, there's okay. several. I'm not sure of all of them. But um, if you live in an area that has trees around it, you need screens. I mean, okay. to me, it's a no-brainer, but you should have screens. Now, if you don't have trees around, 
we have no trees right next to the house. There's no reason to have screens. Okay. Right? And obviously the whole purpose of that is to, to prevent the debris buildup in the gutters, which will clog them, and then they, they, they don't operate properly. So screens, if you have trees around your property, is a must. And when I say around your property, you could have a neighbor that has a tree. And so, you still need the screens. Exactly. Okay. Unless you want to crawl up there, and like they show in the commercials, you want to crawl up there and clean them out. And in the way. Yeah. 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 And what about heat tape? So heat tape, for, for our listeners that live where it freezes, um, which, you know, most places in the United States and across the world, it'll freeze unless you live in the Southern Hemisphere. You need heat tape so that what happens is, is at the eaves, especially in a valley, all that snow builds up and then it's ice. So it's typically ice below the snow over time. It creates an ice dam, which can literally what happens, and we've done episodes about this, an ice dam forms and then the water actually gets back up underneath the shingles, which makes its way into the subroof, which makes its way into the attic, which causes mold. I'm not going to explain all that. Our listeners can go listen to that episode. But that's why heat tape is important, to get that moisture, meaning that's frozen, off the roof. Okay. And so is is heat tape something that people do on their own? Yes. Do you hire people to do heat tape? No. Well, I mean, you can hire me to do anything if you pay me enough money. <laughs> but it's heat tape's not that... It's For our listeners, you'll see it on most roofs. Okay. It's kind of that V-shaped stuff. Ah, okay. And then you just plug it in. Um, heat tape is normally, it has its own little thermostat in it. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what kind you buy, you can set the temperature. But normally, it's set at, at, at freezing temperatures. And it automatically kicks on. So you plug it in. So we talked about the fall checklist. But it's something you plug into an outlet and it, you make sure it's plugged in year-round. Yeah. Wow. So I know I went over that very quickly. But heat tape is very important. Okay, so heat tape is super, super important. And downspout extensions. Right, so so most of our listeners should know this. You have your gutters that run, you know, at your eaves from one corner to the other. Depending on the length, um, a lot of times you'll put a crown in the middle so it would run to both corners. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to drain from this cl- corner all the way to there. Once it gets to the corner of your home, it has to go down a downspout. So... Obviously, that downspout needs to be attached and functional. Once that downspout terminates, it terminates, you know, just about, a, I don't know, a foot above ground level. And then the water just dumps right there. You need an extension on that. And our listeners, the husbands, well, I shouldn't say the husbands, whoever most, <laughs> knows those downspout extensions are a pain in the butt. Exactly. Those are those things that fold up and down. They always get damaged. They always get in your way when you're mowing. But... That downspout extension is there for a reason. That's to get the water six feet away from the foundation. Okay, so that, again, helps with that whole six feet thing. And you don't have to necessarily have that downspout that that is six feet or the extension that's six feet. There's all sorts of contraptions you can buy. But some of them are like these little, almost looks like fire hose, and it rolls up. And then when enough pressure from the water coming down the downspout, it, it like unrolls. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, so. that makes sense. And going back to this whole thing about having the gutters installed rather than doing it yourself, for those cheapos out there who go, man, am I going to spend $1,500 having somebody do that? What's your response to them? 
Well, I, if you have a mold problem, you're going to pay a lot more in mold mitigation. If you get sick from the mold, you're how much time and money are you going to spend for your doctor? I mean, it's not for a typical home. You easily could probably get all the gutters and downspouts and extensions done for less than two thousand. If if fifteen hundred's not worth it to you, I, I'm not sure what to say. And I say this all the time: What's your health worth? But down the road, you're going to pay a lot more than that. Trust me. Well, and if you're spending less than two thousand to have gutters installed, how many years do the gutters typically last before you have to have somebody do something again? You know, a lot of it obviously depends on who installs them, how well they're installed, workmanship. Um, you know, some of our listeners, I know I'm old enough to remember back in the 80s, there was some issue with primer, and that was primer for metals on vehicles. Like mm-hmm. like the paint was peeling off of vehicles, same thing with, with aluminum siding, same thing with aluminum gutters. But these days... If you do it right, you should never... Now, you have to maintain them like you do anything else, but if you have it done properly, you should never have to do anything with your gutters. Now, like I said, you need to get up there and make sure you can run a hose when it's not raining Mm -hmm. and make sure they're, you know, operating properly. But if it's done right, and I know that's kind of a vague answer, if it's done right, you should never have to do anything. But you got to monitor them. Yes. You could have screws that come loose because they're attached to the fascia. Like, it's a simple, like, the fall checklist. Like, go out and look at that stuff and pay attention to it. If you see, you know, that there's a little section of your gutters that are sagging, get up there with a level and fix it and attach it properly. Okay, so it's all about who installs it and your upkeep yeah. of it. And if you want the cheap stuff, and that's what it, it goes back to you asked earlier, can our listeners do it themselves? Of course they can. And I'm not questioning the workmanship of our listeners, but I know even me, I'd rather just pay for seamless gutters, spend the money, have it done right by a reputable company versus piecing it together with vinyl from your hardware store. So after all, you get what you pay for. Exactly. So what's your call to action for people? The easiest way... You know, a lot of our listeners are like, well, I don't want to get up there with a ladder. The easiest thing to do, and if you have proper gutters, you shouldn't be standing in the rain. But during a rainstorm, go out and look and make sure water's coming out of all of your downspouts. I mean, that's an easy way to see that that they're operating properly. But if you're more of a go-getter like me and you're not scared of getting on a ladder, crawl up on a ladder and make sure there's no debris built up or water that's just sitting there make sure that they're sloped properly absolutely and um you know if there are different issues and you have people who are concerned about mold who are concerned about the grading and drainage and the six feet away and moisture intrusion events fascia yep that's why you've created the vpas the virtual property assessments yep so do you want to talk about what you do with people in in a vpa so vpa is very similar to um and for our listeners, when I got started in this field after I was a general contractor, I went into home inspection. So it's very similar to a home inspection, except for my client, our listeners, they're just behind the camera. So literally, they book it. We send them a little checklist. Um, we give them a link. The technical stuff, I 
I'm not very good at getting into. You know more about that than I do. But literally, we do a home inspection or a mold inspection, and they're just they're the camera person. And it's so not a console. Yep. Yeah, it's not a console, but we're we're looking at everything. And so, like with the gutters, we want to make sure. Sorry about our bug zapper listeners. We forgot to turn that <laughs> off. Um, but anyhow, that's just. It's literally my eyes behind your camera, and you're the camera person. So you could live somewhere that's a 20-hour flight from where we live in Wyoming, and with a virtual property assessment, Steve can do that virtual right. property assessment. Well, we could fly the 20 hours if they want to pay. Like, of I'll course. do it on site. Of, of course. Especially in Key West. <laughs> but, but, but a VPA helps a lot when you're in a very different location than we are, but you would like Steve's expertise. Exactly. And it's, like, you're going to get... You know, I'm, our listeners know I'm very particular. Like, we're going to, you know, and it usually takes two, two and a half hours. Yeah, you're very thorough. Yep. And so they're going to get a very thorough inspection. And like I said, it's not a consultation, though. It's just like hiring a home inspector. But you're hiring somebody that really, not only is it a home inspection, but it's from, I'm certified home inspections, but I'm a certified mold inspector. So I'm... I'm really zoned in on the, the, the mold side of it too. Correct. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty thorough. Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about the VPAs, go to cnccontractorservices.com. That's cnccontractorservices.com and you can pay for it and book your VPA today. Right. We can put it in the comments too. Absolutely. We'll put it in the comments. Yep. Perfect. There you go. You heard it. We will catch you on the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.